This is KPBS Midday Edition. I'm Maureen Kavanaugh. When a child is born with a disability, parents have to change their expectations. But once that difficult process is accomplished, the future can once again look full of promise. And that's the case these days for babies born with Down syndrome. All this week, we'll be talking about what science and education can offer to children and adults with Down syndrome. And we'll see this through the eyes of San Diego parents who've created support and information networks. My guest is one of those parents, Colette Kosky. Colette is the mother of an eight-month-old boy, Dexter. He was born with Down syndrome. Colette, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. And just so everyone knows, Dexter is with us as well. He's sitting with mom. He's going to try to behave. (laughs) (laughs) Can you start us off, Colette, by giving us sort of a Down syndrome 101? What is Down syndrome? Um, You know, in simplistic terms, um, it's it's really an error that happens at the cell division, um, and it's an extra copy on the 21st chromosome. Okay, and what what does it affect? What what kind of problems or challenges does a child born with this syndrome have? You know, it it ranges. Um, so there's there's definitely it can go from mild to severe, and it it really when you're looking at it, um, there there's some cognitive delay issues that that might happen as well as some developmental delays and there are there's a, a particular facial features that uh, the people with down syndrome have yes that is that is common now the age of the mother is often seen as a factor in whether or not there is a risk of giving birth to a child with down syndrome but that wasn't the case with you was it no, no. I mean, I'm not a spring chicken, but I definitely wasn't in, um, you know, I, I wasn't um, in a risk age where I automatically was given, um, you know, the information from the doctor, like, look, based on your age, we should probably do an amniocentesis or something like that. There was no additional um, testing that needed to be done other than what had happened with my daughter, who's three. Right, exactly. In fact, you were given a one in 64,000 chance yes, when uh, <laughs> risk of having a Down, baby, Down syndrome baby. Yes, um, I had uh, the second screenings that came back, the second trimester screenings, and it was a 64,001 chance of having a child with Down syndrome. Now, what did you know about Down syndrome before Dexter was I born? I knew nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I knew what uh, media had given me so far. I mean, from television shows I'd seen um, from back in the days of growing up um, and seeing Corky um, to TV now and and seeing, um, which is honestly, I feel like it's gone in the right direction, but seeing Glee. Right, right. Now, what kind of impression did that leave you with? Um, it, It was very simplistic. And I think overall, it's you know, when I walked into the situation, just going back to those times, it just left it such a simplistic, and I didn't know the deeper under, you know, everything that was really involved in it. Right. Now, when you gave birth to Dexter, uh, how did you learn that he had Down syndrome? Um, when Dexter was born, um, I had him for, uh, he was born in, in the night, and I had him all night long and into the morning. And in the morning, we sent out our Facebook post that said, good morning, world, and it was Dexter's picture. We, um, my husband went to pick up my daughter, Eloise, um, to bring her to meet him, and they came in, um, and at the same time, the nurse had come in, and she said that he needed to get an immunization shot, which seemed pretty normal, so she took him, and when he was getting the shot, he wasn't very happy. Um, and he turned blue. And so she immediately started you know, telling me I needed to push a button. I needed to call 
um, the doctors for them to come in. And that was a traumatic experience in itself. Um, right. So they took Dexter away, and my husband followed Dexter, and I stayed in my bed. I had a C-section, so I couldn't really do anything. I had a three-year-old. Um, later on, the doctor had come back into my... Uh, the neonatologist had come back into my room, and he just started talking about Down syndrome. And I had no idea what he was, why he was telling me these things. Um, and he looked at me, and he said, What do you think... You know, what do you think is going on? I said, well, my son, you took him because he wasn't breathing. Right. And that's really what I know. And and he was he, he was under the impression that my husband was going to come and talk to me and tell me first. So my husband was just outside talking to his mother. And right. he needed to get his, oh, no baby, <laughs> his hands around, you know, the situation. How is he going to tell me the hardest thing he ever had to tell me? Right. And so he actually came in at the moment that the doctor had said this, uh, the neonatologist, and there was some uncomfortable silence between them. And right. and at that moment, it was really the beginning of what was so tough because all I was hearing was, what's wrong, 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 wrong. And I don't feel like I had an encouraging moment at it's, all in that conversation. It sounds like a traumatizing moment. Oh, it was very traumatizing. Absolutely. Talk to us a little bit about the process that a parent, you went through. What From that moment of of being confused and traumatized over this this information if to to where you are today if you if you can capsule encapsulate for for us yeah um you know i was thinking about how do i simplify this (laughs) it's like a game of shoots and ladders and when he was born he he was just my son. It was, I didn't know right away right. Um, that he had Down syndrome. And as soon as he, w- I was told that I hit the chute and I fell all the way to the bottom. And there were definitely some miles, some moments from then on. As as soon as I was able to hold him, he was taken from me um, because he had to go to the NICU. And first he was in the NICU in the hospital, and then he got moved to a completely different hospital. So the further he was away from me the more it was just a syndrome and the baby was was removed from the, the equation right. and and the baby wasn't there so the first big turning point was holding him and he was he was my baby um i i think that was sort of my first ladder and other shoots that kind of happen are when you're finding out some of the medical things that you, you know will get listed off that you need to be concerned about and getting those tests knocked off were either ladders or shoots if, if it didn't go well. And one of the things that you, you said, I think, Colette, is that w- the beginning, w- everybody was telling you bad news. Nobody was saying good stuff. You know, like there are interventions and there are things that we can do. And, you, you know, it was just bad stuff from, from the medical profession and bad stuff from the Internet. Yeah. I mean, it was, I feel like it was setting expectations for a different life and different meaning bad. And, and really the earliest, um, I, I feel like the earliest intervention, I don't know what the word is that I, I'm going to look for, but was from my pediatrician. She was really desperate to see us because she has a friend, a very good friend who has a daughter with Down syndrome and she's amazing and she does all these great things and she just wanted to get with us as soon as she possibly could. She was actually on vacation when I had Dexter bad planning. Um, um, and, and as soon as she came to my, my room and she spent such a great deal of time with us, um, that was another area, that, a time when it, it really helped. I mean, that was my first instance of, of feeling not 100% of negative things coming at me. What I, I want to leave you, I want to make you stay in that negative just for a moment longer. What were your fears and concerns for Dexter when you were just getting introduced to this world of Down syndrome? 
You know, uh, my my fear, I, I just was so afraid of it being, you know, it can be a really cruel world. Yeah. And I, I was afraid, you, you automatically start thinking not of him being um, a day old, but him, him being 16, 18, 21, like things that you don't think about right when you have a baby. Right. And I, I thought about all the struggles that he was going to have. And quite honestly, I, I worried about the struggles our family was going to have and if we could manage it and how it would affect our daughter and, um, and affect our life in general and if it was going to be a negative impact on our life. Well, I know that you have had a, a huge turnaround in the eight months since Dexter was born. Uh, we, we have to take a short break. When we return, I'm going to continue my conversation with Colette Kosky. And, and we're going to be talking about some of the things you've learned on the blog that you've started and this networking program that you've started with other parents to get all this information in one place. And this is just the kickoff of a week-long series about Down syndrome here on KPBS Midday Edition. I want to let everyone know it's 1234 and you are listening to KPBS Midday Edition. What good This is KPBS Midday Edition. I'm Maureen Kavanaugh. My guest is Colette Kosky. She and her family live here in San Diego, and eight months ago she learned her newborn son, Dexter, had been born with Down syndrome. From that time till now, Colette has gone through an incredible learning experience. She even suggested we run a series on Down syndrome on our show, and we'll be doing that all this week, talking about the new therapies and interventions that are helping kids all over San Diego. So welcome back, Colette. Thank you. Tell us about your blog, and I want everyone to know, if they don't already, that uh, Dexter is here with us today. He's uh, playing with the headphones and the microphone, and he's squirming around, and he's having a great time. (laughs) Cola, tell us about your blog, Downright Awesome. Uh, well, it's inspired by by Dexter and Milo, and we met a another family in San Diego through um, through our, our teacher, our resource that comes to our house and, and helps um, every week. And, you know, we, we both felt like, look, there's so much really hopeful information out there, not even just hopeful, amazing information out there that, that people need to be able to access and, and know that's going on. And, and so Downright Awesome was really a place for us to to talk about and post that information and get it out there as a central place uh, for people who, who wanted to learn more, who wanted to get educated. What kinds of things will s- somebody find when they go on to Downright Awesome? Um, they'll find links to um, anything from the latest uh, New York Times article that was done about uh, the research um, and clinical trials that will be starting uh, for the cognitive delay. Um, they'll find our own posts about just our general life, um, because this is the real thing about what our lives are like. Our picnic when we go out and uh-huh. we're hanging out and just doing regular, typical, everyday things, and um, just kind of showing that life is awesome and it goes on and it's not as uh, as maybe bleak as I had. You know, when I first had found out, I thought it was going to be. It's completely the opposite of of that. We want to make sure that that is getting out there 
um, and just also talk on any kind of concerns and things that are that are happening that people need to know on and they need to be advocates and, and people if we need people to take action in order to help our kids right what what are some of the things you're excited about in Down syndrome research oh, I'm specifically excited about the research that's happening um, at uh, with with dr. Mobley um, who's going to be on our show later this week yes um, there have been uh, th- th- a lot of people don't know that there have been um, that all this research is is happening and that there's so many drugs that are near clinical trial or in clinical trial with with Dr. Mobley that can significantly improve potentially the cognitive delay and then some of the things I'm reading maybe even eliminate it at some point. That's huge. I mean that's that's a big deal. Um, and if our our goal is to have our children to be able to do the most with their life, to be happy, underline happy and. And I know he's going to, you know, want to drive a car and to do all these things. Those that's important to, to me. And, and so that research in itself, if I'm focusing on anything, um, you know, that's that's it for me. How early do, do interventions start now to try to counteract any kind of cognitive delay that Down synd- kids with Down syndrome might have? You know, I want to say that um, Dexter was a, a few weeks old. When we started, so we have someone coming into our house once a week. Erin um, um, Grettenberger, she's um, she's our resource, so she'll come into our house and she really helps walk us through things um, from an occupational therapy perspective. That's all fine motor, physical therapy. That's gross motor, um, you know, crawling things like that, um, and speech and things we never would have thought. And how how speech is more than just the words that come out of your mouth, it starts much earlier. And actually, food is related to your speech and, and how you eat and all these tiny things. So really helping us to make those sort of um, those guides and, and understand that. Right. Now, when you think about Dexter's future and getting into school, how often are kids with Down syndrome mainstreamed these days? I hear not enough. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I haven't experienced it yet. Um, I know that there's some... You know, conversations going on blogs about you know, how hard it can be, and some with some other people saying it, it wasn't difficult at all. Hello, hello, man. And then he smiles. <laughs> hello, yeah, Dexter's having a good time again. He's jumping up and down on his mom's lap. <laughs> but it, it's certainly our goal, and, and that was one of the things we, you know, made us sad at first. We thought, you know, is he not going to be able to go to um, to school with his sister? And you know, we have a pretty you know, that's a pretty, pretty big goal. His sister goes to the French-American school, and, you know, we're, we're adamant about that. We actually think that learning two languages will be great for him um, and his cognitive development. Right. Um, so it, it's a goal for us. I know it's aspirational, but we're, we have a no-limits policy with him. A no-limits policy? No limits. We, we have to think about that. I mean, if we start putting up barriers, that means we just do less work. Right. And that, yeah. we're, not, we're not about to do that. How does Eloise get along with Dexter? He is the best thing ever. Uh, they were in bed this morning. She was snuggled up. It's the first thing she wants in the morning. It used to be us. Now it's Dexter. Where's Dexter? Put him in my bed. She, she loves him. And she's actually an example to us. It was the, one of the first examples of just seeing past the Down syndrome because she didn't see it. She, anyone she met, first thing out of her mouth was, this is my baby brother, Dexter. Isn't he the best? This is my baby brother, Dexter. And she couldn't tell enough people. Right. And there's, she, you know, I think looking at a child and seeing kind of how their perspective is on 
Um, just indifference in general is, in, is a way to follow. We, we see uh, kids and adults uh, in movies and TV shows, especially Glee. Uh, there is a, a character with Down syndrome. What, is that a good sign? I mean, what, what kind of an impact does that have? Well, I mean, I definitely think it's, it's better than, than not having it. I think it's a, it is a good impact. I think it's getting it out there and making it more normal um, to see. And I think that's the thing. And just addressing it is, I, you know, I, I'm always open with folks about, look, I, just let's acknowledge there's an elephant in the room if there is. And we'll just talk about it and, and, and really want to be accessible to people. So I feel like people being able to engage with, with Down syndrome more and understanding it with it more. And the more that what people see it, the more it just becomes every day. And, and that can only be good for Dexter as he gets older. Right. Now, speaking of Dexter when he gets older, you talked about, you know, having this traumatic uh, realization from the doctor and so forth that Dexter was born with Down syndrome. And you said that your, your mind just raced ahead. I know a lot of parents who have uh, children with Down syndrome think about, well, you know, how, how are they going to take care of themselves? And they, and they, and they worry about that. I, I wonder how you're dealing with thoughts that come up like that. Yeah, well, I could say in the beginning, the first thing we did was set up a special needs trust for Dexter. I mean, it was, it was a big concern for us. And we felt like we had to, you know, with what we knew, get that done and just be responsible in that perspective and be prepared for it. Plus, there's, there's a lot of information that you hear that, you know, you have to be prepared to, for them to potentially be dependent on you. For, you know, for us, our goal is for him to be independent. Right. And, and again, that's why we were so excited about the research that's going on. And, and in general, as people, you know, my husband and I, we don't really want to depend on other people to get things done for us or do anything. We're just kind of we're raised that way. Right. And so the thought of Dexter having to rely on even society in general to help take care of him is not something we're comfortable with. And we'll always be here for him, but we know that he's going to want to do things on his own as well. So it's our jobs as parents. And if it means, you know, rolling up our sleeves and becoming an advocate, that's what we're going to do. Because we know that that's what his, he wants to do, you know, he'll want to do in his life. Well, we're going to be talking so much about this through the week. And I know Dexter has places to go and things to do. So <laughs> we've got to wrap Toys this to up with. right now. <laughs> Uh, tomorrow on KPBS Midday Edition, our Down Syndrome series is going to continue. We'll look at community support available for families, and we'll hear from a man who tells us what it's like to be able to live independently with Down Syndrome. I've been speaking with Colette Kosky and Dexter Kosky. And Colette is the author of the blog Downright Awesome, and thank you so much for coming in. Oh, it was great. Thank you so much for doing the series. Remember to watch our new nightly TV news show, KPBS Evening Edition, at the world's largest outdoor earthquake simulator at UCSD. Engineers are working to make buildings safer. That's on KPBS Evening Edition at 6.30 on KPBS TV. And join us tomorrow for more discussion on the stories San Diego is talking about on Midday Edition at noon here on KPBS FM. I'm Maureen Cavanaugh. Thank you for listening.